This is Alec. And this is Jack. Welcome to another episode of Smith and Scholar. Smith and Scholar is a multimedia project dedicated to promoting and encouraging young men to pursue and live the good life. And we're back. Indeed we are. So uh, we've been working pretty busily in the meantime, uh, because, you know, that's what we talked about last time. <laughs> we and, have been busy. <laughs> and we've been studying because we're still in school. So True. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. And wait, why did I mention studying? Because it's connected to work. And it's because we're, we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So what is study? Uh, it's learning. It's digging deeper into different topics. Most people, almost everybody, has definitely engaged in the practice of learning at some point in their life, if you're listening to this, because for the most part, most people go to school, even if that just means K through 12. I think you kind of have to go to school in most countries. So, For the most part, I think yeah. so. It's compulsory. Yeah. So anyways, you, you should have a pretty good idea of what study is in terms of school, but we're not quite talking about school study. We're talking about something outside of school study. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like Alex said, you know, what is studying? It's learning. Um, but what we're really talking about is um, studying as devoting time and attention to acquiring knowledge um, apart from what, like Alex said, from your coursework. You know, we we talked about that last time. You know, we can we really consider that to be work, uh, and you know, we that might be a little confusing um, trying to delineate between what we consider work and what we consider study. But we hope as this episode goes on and we explain things a little bit further, um, it'll become clear that as we we as clear as we can make it, that study is separate from work and more in the vein of leisure, uh, which we'll be talking about next week. Yeah, so we just introduced another topic after saying this is not quite work, even though we did incorporate study into work. So bear with us as we go through this, because yeah, I guess we should start off, make it clear. Work, study can be work. Study is work in most cases. Mm -hmm. In this instance, we're talking about study outside of coursework, which again, what we consider work, and more in the vein of leisure, which is restful activity, which we will cover next time. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, what we're, what we're really talking about is we're saying that we think studying is good for its own sake, that the acquirement of knowledge is a good in its own right. Yeah, and that's pretty similar to what we were saying about work last time, too, in that work is good, and it's good of its own accord. And I mean, we had a few stipulations about what is good work. Right. It's something that is honorable, just, and whatnot. Uh, I think the same can be said for studying. Certainly. Um, and I guess most, well, you know, things have changed, but I was going to say most topics of study are pretty honorable. If you think about uh, mathematics, literature, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I guess good studying. And there are new topics nowadays that maybe aren't as good uh, as they are in the past, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's talk about the different ways we can study or learn. Yeah. So like we were talking about last week, with work, there are different types of work. There are certainly different types of studying, right? You know, um, what we're all used to being, for those of us who are, have been in school or still in school, we're used to reading books, right? You know, this is, you know, think about your good old textbook, you know, I mean, obviously we're taught, that's like work studying, 
but still you can study by reading books. Um, you know, the new, the new found thing, like the new, the modern thing, as we're demonstrating here is listening to a podcast or even watching a podcast because people watch podcasts these days. Um, and you know, there's also, there's other things too, like, you know, apprenticeship, this is kind of an older thing, right? The idea of an apprenticeship. And, you know, this is something, you know, in the area of the world in which I am in, which is the legal world. Uh, it used to be more of a thing such, you know, you know, this is something that you see probably more often in like, um, um, areas of work that are more like hand skilled with your hands. Um, but in the law, this used to be a thing, and you know, apprenticeship, watching and learning. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a formal apprenticeship. Like there are informal apprenticeships. Um, and then, you know, there's also all sorts of additional classes out there these days with things like YouTube. Um, and then, you know, there are free resources out there. You know, I, I think, I mean, you can log on to, you know, congress.gov and read every bill law that's, you know, been in existence. They have it all digitized. You know, there are lecture professors put their lecture notes out there. Um, and we could talk more about all these later, but this just gives you a kind of an idea of the wide breadth that there is when it comes to studying. Yeah, definitely. With the advent of the internet and people putting their class resources online, you can basically learn anything uh, anywhere. You just have to Google it. Wikipedia, maybe not the most reliable mm-hmm. source, but still they have, uh, you know, the information is there. It just takes some will, determination, and whatnot to go learn it again on your own free time, sometimes using those resources for class, uh, like tree octopuses. <laughs> Tree octopuses? Yeah, it's a bad source. <laughs> <laughs> so as we talked about, uh, learning is good for its own sake. Knowledge is good for its own sake. And we're not going to totally go down the rabbit hole of, uh, let's say, like Gnosticism and uh, the attainment of knowledge and sort of the worship of knowledge, um, because that's not necessarily good, because you're placing you know, one, one good higher than others. And we haven't really gotten into the ordering of goods necessarily. We talked a little bit about the ordering of passion and will, um, but there are externalities in this world that we can also place. Anyways, the point is knowledge is good. (laughs) Education is good, uh, but it's not necessarily the greatest good. So if we want to put uh, learning or studying succinctly, we can say it's a process by which one studies and acquires knowledge uh, and making you a better person along the way. And so why, why do we use this? Why do we say this? And why do we study? And I think one thing is that studying helps us learn and recognize what is good and true. So it's a means to an end, not, well, it is an end as well. Um, but again, maybe you wouldn't, wouldn't say it's the ultimate end. And so I'm about to pass it off to Jack, but if you don't already know where we're going, we're going to say learning and studying is about the attainment of virtue and living the good life. So mm-hmm. and that's you know what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. Alec just summed it up that it, absolutely. The reason that we find studying to be important is because it, it's a way of helping us recognize things that are good and true and leading, leading the good life. And it can help us develop virtue. I mean, we've, you know, we've brought up lots of examples uh, throughout previous episodes we've done, um, you know, pointing to things, you know, where we've read or watched or listened or learned and have brought those examples into our lives as things to emulate. And so overall, study can help us learn quite a bit about all of the virtues because, the, you know, for one, uh, the actual might, uh, material might be on the virtues. You know, um, you could potentially, if you wanted to, pick up 
Joseph Peepers, the four cardinal virtues and read it. And, you know, you might not, you might be doing this completely aside for, I had to read it in part of it in school because, you know, that's what we were studying, but you could pick it up and read it and learn from it. Um, there are other things out there covering the virtues. Um, you know, you could read, uh, Nicomachean Ethics, which is, you know, all about uh, virtue ethics and, you know, that's sort of, you know, again, where we get the idea of the mean between two extremes being a virtue and trying to think about that and, and actualize it. Uh, at the same time, though, um, you know, uh, the the study itself can, can uh, pr- provide, um, can be the actualization of the, habitu- the habitualization of virtue, we should say. So, you know, for instance, like, you know, sometimes study, study, even though it's a good self and is kind of in between work and leisure, it can be more work and onerous. And if you push through it for the sake of learning, you're learning fortitude, right? Again, that endurance, um, it can teach you how to be industrious, you know, being productive with your time, learning, you know, understanding that again, we have finite time in a day and we have to divide, you know, divide up our time between the things that we're responsible for in our lives. And, you know, a big part of that is work. And, you know, for Alec, it's work and his family. And so when he has that downtime, he can use that to study. And so he's using his time in an industrious way. He's, he's habituating industriousness and he's learning industriousness. Um, you could say he's also learning prudence because he's choosing, he's looking at what he has and making a decision and deciding what he, he can do in pursuit uh, of, of good things in life. And, uh, you know, Alec, I think one of the things we like to do a lot is we like to point to historic examples, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So looking at history, as we talked about many of the other virtues, we can see that, um, well, we, we mentioned specific examples and by studying history, looking at these characters, looking at these people, we can see examples of virtue. So we did talk about, you can study virtue point blank using, for example, Joseph Pieper's Four Cardinal Virtues. We can also look at media, as we've brought up, uh, such as, well, Batman, (laughs) (laughs) Lord of the Rings, exactly. Um, And then going to the nonfiction side, we can also look at history as examples of virtue. And again, we brought it up in the past, but it does take the active reading or listening or watching uh, some sort of documentary or film about these people, spending the time to understand them and who they are. So by studying the history, you can also see the practical ways of living the virtue. So we've already mentioned a lot of them with regards to fortitude, uh, some heroes in America that we look at or um, really praise above others because of their example of fortitude or among other virtues. So I think that's a really important thing to mm-hmm. point out is is looking at history, which is definitely a, a huge topic in schools and education. And that we have readily available because of all the books and what our society has done with the written language. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about how studying is important for the cultivation of virtue in the abstract. Alec, would you maybe like to talk a little bit about how personally, why or how studying has been important in your life and in particularly how it's helped you, you maybe some, some of the virtues you've, you know, learned, or you could even say discovered or find great examples of, you know, how, how has studying been important in your life? So I will talk about my academic example of study just because again, we, we keep on saying it's related to work, but I'll bring it in here. So learning throughout school helped me, uh, or studying, I should say, helped me because I did well academically. I got good grades and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, which helped me kind of realize my my capacity for knowledge and learning, not to say that I'm the smartest one out there, um, but 
you know, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just stop there. So it did help me academically. Uh, I'd also like to say that outside of school, I did a lot of reading um, throughout uh, my whole school age life and even up till now. And we are actually going to be talking about reading later on because I think it's such an important topic. But reading really helped me in my imagination, in my uh, ability to wonder in the world. I, I love fiction. Fiction is probably my favorite mm-hmm. uh, genre of, well, nonfiction and, and fiction. But <laughs> <laughs> but within that, I love sci-fi. Um, and then for more heady stuff, and then for cheap thrills, I like detective action uh, thrillers. So then, okay, it, it helped me in in realizing some areas of leisure and rest. And then also, it also helped me with connecting to other people, finding things that I like and enjoy, and being able to share those. And those also tended to be some of the nonfiction sides of things that I read, such as history books, uh, politics, stuff like that. So uh, in summation, it helped me academically, helped me in my leisure activities, and helped me to connect to other people. So studying has definitely been a big aspect. And I'll just go ahead and say it. I played music too, which is a form of study. Maybe it's not the same thing you might think when you think of studying, but I did private lessons on the trombone for eight years of my life, and I went to numerous state competitions uh, in high school and junior high and whatnot, so it also helped me uh, in another aspect of my hobbies or or personal life. And we'll get more into our leisure activities uh, when we talk about leisure, but yeah, yeah, I just want to say that. Yeah, no, it sounds like studying made you more well-rounded, right? Like it, it helps you develop other skills. It helps you focus, you know, and habituate virtues in certain areas, um, which you can then bring into other areas of your life. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's similar to me in a way. I think studying broadly has helped me become a, a better, for lack of a better term, how about we say a person who is more um, willing to recognize that per, like pursuing the good life is a good thing. And there, you know, there are certain ways to go about doing that. Um, for me, I think studying has been, you know, I've been in school now since, you know, I was six years old and I'm 24 now. Um, I've been in school for a long time. Uh, and, you know, so studying has always been, you know, at the forefront. But I will say if my four years in college, I think studying, even though it was work, I had to get good grades, I had to graduate. It was almost more in its own category. And we can talk about this at another time, but I really, I, you know, I went to a Catholic university that prides itself on having, uh, still having a good liberal arts department and being able to provide a good liberal arts education. And guess what? Liberal, the liberal arts are all about knowledge for its own sake and learning for its own sake. And I, I took that sort of seriously. Um, I was a political science major, which, you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar with political science, you really like with the, the, a BA or a BS in political science, you really can't go do a whole lot. Like you can, it's very niche. Like you can go work in politics, but you can't like, you can't, it's hard to climb up the ranks. Like you need to go get a master's or you need to go pursue a PhD or you do what I did and go to law school. Um, but I, because knowing that and knowing that I wanted to go into law school following graduation, regardless, I decided that, Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to take the opportunity to, to study stuff that I want to study because I think will make me a better person. And so I studied political science and I didn't even focus on, you know, the research or like, the, the mathematical data analy- data analysis type stuff. I studied political theory because I, 
you know, I wish we had a political philosophy major because I think, like I've said in my introduction and in our introductory episode, you know, why I we've I've been thinking about these questions that we talk about on the show for a long time, and that's you know, I guess you could say that's why one of the reasons I did is because I had that opportunity for four years to take classes with some of the best political theorists in the country. And I mean, this is literally what they do for a living as they sit down and think about these things. And obviously they have, you know, they talk about government and more practical implications. But so I, you know, in, in that regard, studying has been a driving force for me um, to think about these questions, you know, the importance of the good life. So I think, you know, that's a huge importance. I mean, this is why we're here now, right? We, and we've talked about that. And I think that's kind of cool. You know, so it shows you what a driving force study can be in your personal development and your thoughts. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what I wanted to say studying helped bring us to this point where we are right now with the podcast with Smith and Scholar, because we were reading a lot. We were looking into different areas and subjects, and we said uh, something along the lines of, look, we're doing all this. We want to share this. We want to disseminate it. So uh-huh. it did start with us just studying and saying, this is really cool. You know, Let's talk about it let's make videos or something. And here we, here are, we are with the podcast, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is just really neat, right? You know? Yeah. So it doesn't stop again. It shouldn't stop when you uh, finish college or high school or whenever you finish your formal education. The point we're trying to make is it should continue through on and, and we'll get uh, into more specific examples, what that looks like for us mm-hmm. uh, in a little bit. But part of the great thing about studying and about learning is you can really learn everything. There's, as I mentioned, the ubiquity of the internet and the pl- proliferation of Wikipedia and all those subjects. Again, not the best source, but still, <laughs> it has everything. It basically. has footnotes. You go read the footnotes, man. You're on top of things. Yeah, exactly. So you can learn anything. You can learn history, music. Um, well, I, and music, you can watch YouTube videos to learn how mm-hmm. to play the trumpet or even uh, apprenticeship in the form of private lessons or something like that. Even craftsmanship. I I have... Now, like three or four friends who are uh, trying to start woodworking, and they started it during quarantine time because they started watching videos on YouTube about woodworking, and now they're into it and, and right, doing projects yeah. on their own. No, so. that was the first thing I was thinking about when we were talking, you know, talking about craftsmanship. It's like, you know, there are so, there's so many resources out there. I mean, Reddit, holy cow! Like, you can like get instructions on how to build like all sorts of stuff and you know you have to have the tools and like you have to devote the time and the practice to learning right and the prudence to navigate and the temperance to navigate reddit yeah 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 for and then the prudence and temperance to navigate the task itself right (laughs) yeah and yeah no but that's super cool and then like you know if you're into like science stuff or or math and mathematics i remember in college i took three semesters of arabic and there was a, a kid who came in I think he was in two semesters with me, or maybe he was in all three. I can't remember, but he was a math major as well. And so his hobby was, is you know, I, uh, the Arabic language is very mathematical. It's very, um, it, it's you know how how math and music are very related. Well, it's the same thing with the Arabic language. The Arabic language and math are very related. And he like he loved to study, um, like the mathematical sequences in um, verses of the Quran um, and how that they're it's poetry and metrical and all that. And like, that was something he liked to study. And it was because he was a math guy who also liked Arabic. And it's like, okay, he had this niche area and he, he wasn't even doing it to like write a paper or anything. It was just, Oh, this is interesting. And I want to learn about it. Right. So that's really cool. And then like, I mean, science is so neat. You know, I, you know, I get like, you get targeted Facebook ads. Right. And so there's like this video guy who does like science videos and I watched one and now they pop up in my feed all the time, but they're really cool. Cause you like learn all sorts of neat things about, you know, um, magnets and, you know, 
osmosis and stuff like that. Things you like learned in biology and like middle school and high school science and forgot about. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And like, if you want to, you can go look up more and read more and, you know, become a, a mini expert on those things. You know, it's kind of fun, right? And it makes you a more well-rounded person. Like just having this knowledge, like it's good for its own sake. It's, you know, it's something we've been saying, like, you know, it might not be, it, sometimes it might be practical, sometimes it's not, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah, definitely. So there are tons of different platforms to to learn these things. And so getting to this concept of lifelong learning, which we we talked about a little bit earlier, I think it's pretty it's pretty promoted nowadays with all the platforms that are out there. There's all these education sites where people put up classes either for free or uh, you have to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Even YouTube has a bunch of tutorials and whatnot where you can, again, watch things for free. So it's really easy to be a lifelong learner. And again, a lot of people use it in the sense that it's for professional development, but you can also, again, do lifelong learning for um, just personal growth, uh, as we keep on mentioning. So another thing to take into account is that the world is rapidly changing, technology, innovation, science, our understanding of the world around us, and then also different uh, issues politically, socially. So we should try and stay up to date with everything that's going on. And again, in the appropriate manner, not going so overboard, maybe into one topic or, or the other, unless that's you know something that you're really interested in. But again, with temperance and how you approach everything. So with that, I think, you know, it'd be cool to talk a little bit about our approach to lifelong learning, especially, I mean, we're still very young, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to look forward. We have a life of learning to look forward to. Exactly, exactly. So I just wanted us to share a little bit about what we're doing right now um, and what we kind of hope to do in the future as we grow and as we uh, continue our learning path. So Jack, you want to start off? Yeah. So I mean, like we've been talking about, like technology is a huge thing these days, right? And I love politics and law and their intersection, that all sort of thing. And there are a ton of groups and resources out there that do free webinars on all sorts of things. So like, you know, there's an organization out there that I'm a member of that, you know, every time a major Supreme Court case comes out, uh, they do a webinar with, you know, they might even have the people who made the arguments at the Supreme Court come on and, you know, talk about the case and what they, how they thought oral arguments went. Or when a case is handed down, they do a breakdown of the opinions and what this means for the law going forward. And, you know, that's, you know, for me, like in some way, um, it's practical because I'm a lawyer, I need the law. But let's be honest, like, you know, there are, you know, obscure areas of the law that get before the Supreme Court that aren't never going to have any relevance to my area of practice, probably. But it's just good to know these things. It's fun to know these things. It's fun to know the areas of the law and how they're developing. So, like, I mean, I'm sure there are all sorts of groups that do webinars like these, and I think that's a really cool way um, to, one, learn from the people who are actually doing it, because it's usually people who are experts, so it's kind of like being in the classroom, right? Um, but a little more low, it's obviously more low stakes, and you can go at your own pace and that sort of thing. And then I also love documentaries. Um, you know, I think Netflix has all the Ken Burns documentaries, which are, if you've never seen any of the Ken's Bur- Ken Burns documentaries, they're phenomenal. Um, I think he does, for the most part, a pretty good and fair and balanced view of um, portraying uh, the history, taking primary sources, and you know, and and telling a story that um, is fair to the narratives that were involved, um, and giving you a holistic picture of what happened. I mean, he and he deals primarily in American history, so I think you know his big one is the Civil War. I think that's the one everyone always talks about. That one's a really good one. He has one on World War II. I think he has one on Vietnam. Um, 
So a lot of the wars, but that's because those are great stories, right? You get a lot of characters and heroes and figures and villains. And so it's, those are really good places to, uh, um, gain, gain information. Um, yeah, I mean, those are some of the like specific areas where I really like to go, like where I go to, um, in order to, and to like to learn something new or something that I'm interested in. Uh, my dad is a huge World War II buff because my grandfather was a bombardier in World War II. And so my dad has always had, you know, a vast interest in World War II. He shared that with me. And so I, I, I love getting my hands on anything that has to do with World War II. So documentaries, books, uh, all sorts of things. And then one other place I think I'll add um, that is dying, um, but I think people should really consider as a place to get information is newspapers. I think um, obviously there's a, we have like an issue nowadays with biased news sources and, I, and newspapers are at the forefront of that argument. But there are still some really good newspapers out there. Um, I think the Wall Street Journal is phenomenal, particularly if you're interested in business um, or politics and that sort of thing. I think they do a pretty good job of, you know, as far as, you know, people complain about their personal journalists who do their stories being, you know, leaning one particular way and their Ed Board leaning one other way. But I think as for a paper of record, it's a really good paper to read and you can learn a lot. It helps you stay on top of, like you were saying, a lot of developments that are going on in the world. And so if you're looking to be someone who, it's just knowledgeable things and can use that knowledge to apply it to all areas of your life. And just studying like the, the, the fact of sitting down and reading a physical newspaper, it, like, you know, that takes time and effort and it's something that you have to want to do. And so when you do that, you know, I think it's that in itself is a good thing. Right. And so, uh, you know, not to be a shill for a dying industry. I think people could read more newspapers. Interesting. Cause <laughs> yeah, my, my family canceled our newspaper subscription back when I was in high school because they just got tired of... <laughs> oh, I mean, well, our the local paper here in Houston, we canceled. We only get the Sunday edition, and it's really for the funny pages, and that's it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, that's we, we started going to uh, gas stations to pick up the Sunday paper, so um, uh, I, at least we agree on that point. So <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about, I guess, more of the professional lifelong learning things I've done, and then talk a little bit about more of the... Uh, kind of ex- expanding my horizons. Mm-hmm. So I'm lucky that my institution currently has access to LinkedIn Learning, which has a ton of courses. I I believe you have to pay for it otherwise. Okay. And basically it offers these kind of paths of specialization that you can uh, watch the courses, um, take a quiz, and then you get to put it on your LinkedIn page. So I did some courses partially because I wanted to learn about them, then partially for the uh, professional development because they were in my field, but things that I hadn't done personally because I've, I'm very lucky to have lots of different experiences uh, in my research and in the classes that I've taken. But this one area of research, which was uh, UX design, which I've done some aspects of, but not all aspects of the actual prototyping and whatnot, mm-hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to take the classes. U- UX? UX, so user experience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for all those out there who yeah, don't know, what like that means. me, yeah. who has no clue what that means, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> so uh, I I took some classes. I'm still in the process of taking this kind of course specialization thing. Mm-hmm. So it's been really interesting because I'm learning more and I'm growing more in this uh, methodologies and then how to actually uh, enact it once okay. once I collect all the data. And then another thing that I've used is Coursera, which. I've not again. I haven't used the paid version. I've just used it, the free classes to kind of learn a little bit more about a special topic. I did some classes in project management uh, because I was going into a new leadership role, which was completely 
just project management in my organization. So I thought it'd be nice to have uh-huh, a uh, little some bit more... of background. Exactly, exactly. So, but Coursera has a ton of other topics, and I don't. I, I've kind of looked at a few. I think I started one with my wife once. It was nutrition, but we <laughs> didn't follow through on it. So, uh, but there are lots of free topics that you can look at for free. You just have to pay for a certification. But uh, again, I've never done that. So I don't know if it's helpful. So you can do it for professional or you can do it for just fun. Just take a class on nutrition or philosophy or something like that. So then uh, getting into the more kind of expanding my horizons, I have already talked about how I like to read. And one thing I used to do at my library, because it's six, six stories with books on each story, I used to go in the library and just pick a book and read it, even if it was uh, something that I would not normally read. And I'm not saying that I read the entire thing. I would just pick it up and read it <laughs> uh, because sometimes I was not interested in the diffraction of plasma ray beams through <laughs> a semi-crystalline uh, metamorphical structure, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I have no clue what that means either. So. Yeah, neither do I. So, uh, But I, I would just pick up textbooks and read them. And then uh, after a while, I decided, okay, I should maybe pick up a textbook that I'm actually interested in and read a few chapters. And so now the way I approach textbooks for things that I'm interested in, not necessarily for classes or whatnot, mm-hmm. is to pick up a textbook, read a few chapters out of that, and then return it to the library because it's all free and it's real knowledge and it would cost $200 otherwise to, to buy it. So the only textbook that I've really gone through basically from front to back is when I was learning Italian on my own because I speak Spanish uh, to interact with my family, my in-laws. So I do speak Spanish. And we'll get a little more into this uh, this idea of heritage and family uh, a little bit later on. But I I thought since I can speak Spanish, I should learn some Italian because it's easy. So I I actually used a textbook, and it was from like the fifties or sixties or something. Oh, wow. So it was quite old and didn't have a key online that I could <laughs> check. Uh, so, but it was really fun to learn on my own and uh, get get that experience, and then. As a modern version, I did use Duolingo for a little bit, but uh-huh. I can say definitively, learning from a textbook is a much better learning experience than something like Duolingo, which, again, I've, I've used for Italian. But to be able to kind of self-guide yourself mm-hmm. uh, is a really cool experience, and seeing uh, how it all works from the learner, from a real learning point of view, as opposed to Duolingo. I don't want to keep knocking it, but you know, it gives you these... <laughs> disconnected modules that don't make much sense uh, for a while. So, and then uh, I'll go ahead and talk about my, you know, plans for the future, for my future of lifelong learning. Well, I am currently in academia and there is a huge barrier. In fact, it's a meme of uh, this article from the journal Nature, which is one of the premier journals in the scientific community. Mm -hmm. And it says that the title is The Growing Inaccessibility of Scientific Literature. And then it says purchase options, $81 for this issue or a subscription (laughs) fee of $150 a month. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm very fortunate to be Uh in the academic world, uh, being able to read a lot of articles for free Mm -hmm. because of my uh, institutional access. So if I stay in that field to some extent, then I plan on continuing to read literature in my field mm-hmm. so I can grow in that knowledge. 
Um, as far as if I don't stay in the academic world, I'm not completely sure if I'm going to want to buy access because it is expensive. Mm-hmm. It's multiple hundred dollars a year to just on a subscription basis. Right. And that's pretty uh, hefty. Mm-hmm. So aside from that, using library resources, uh, checking out books still, um, what I use and what I plan on using are is Hoopla and uh, Overdrive, which are digital libraries. Okay. So a lot of them, again, are more for kind of fiction. Mm-hmm. They do have some textbook resources, but I guess for the more in-depth, you'll probably have to get a, a physical copy or request it. Mm-hmm. So I learned about requesting at my university. So you can request any book and they'll get it to you right. somehow, either from another library or purchase it. Uh-huh. And that's helped me immensely because if I'm interested in a topic, well, I'm already paying tuitions. Yeah, so. you might as well make it worth for you. Make it's worth for you, right? Yeah. So uh, basically, I plan on continuing to read books, uh, especially textbooks, you know, even if it's just a few chapters. Uh, and that's how I prefer to read nonfiction books nowadays. Um, so anyways, there's that. And then listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, uh, different resources that I can find. A plug for, I think it's called LibriVox. They have free audiobooks mm. for Creative Commons books. Okay. And so there's a lot of nonfiction and old fiction. So again, it's uh, authors who have died in 200 years yeah, or 100 stuff years. Yeah, their stuff is in the public domain, so exactly. it's all free. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, those are what I plan on doing for my lifelong learning. Very cool. Yeah. And do you have future plans? Or yeah, I mean, what's... yeah. I mean, I, so I like, like you, I think I've disco- recently discovered in the last year the, I mean, I don't know why I'd never done this before, but like getting a library card and then using it to like download the apps that are affiliated with the library so you can check out books online and either read them digitally or listen to them audiobook. Like that, that makes going to the library that much easier, right? Because, I mean, it's, I mean, Maybe it's just, this is maybe, you know, bad indicator of my, you know, wanting to go to the library and check out a book and that sort of thing. Like you have to go check it out and turn it back in, check it in and that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, it checks out, you check it out and then it checks back in automatically for you. There's no late fees. You don't have to worry about that. And they have most of the books that you want to read anyway. Um, Especially like classics, like every, you know, public library on audio, you know, audio book has like every, every old, you know, great book of the 18th, 19th century that you can think of, you know. Um, I recently, I didn't finish it, but I got halfway through King Solomon's Mines, um, which is a classic, um, and like a good old adventure book kind of thing that was fun, you know, fun to listen to at night. You know, if you get one that has like a good audio voice actor, it makes it fun to listen to. And then you're just like, you're just taking it in. Right. And you know, it's, it, it's, it's a good, at that point, studying is almost becoming, is becoming leisure. Right. And we can leave that for another time, but that's, that's maybe the ideal, right? And now, and now it's really is learning for its own sake, which is really great. And so that, and then also like just being part of the legal profession, you have to do these things called CLEs, continuing legal education. But the cool thing is, is you can basically do CLEs on whatever you want. You don't have to do any, I mean, it's good to do them relevant to your area of law, but like if you're trying to complete hours, you can do CLEs for all sorts of things. So if there's different areas that I'm interested in that aren't relevant to my practice, but I'm interested in, I can still go and do those, and for the most part, you know, work or whoever will pay for them, and it's it's a good way to get your credit so you can stay licensed and also learn stuff. Great. So I think we talked a lot more about reading than we had initially yeah. thought, but <laughs> I think it's fine because, again, reading is one essential part mm-hmm. of, of learning, of studying, especially going back uh, before 19... 
30s, I guess, before the advent of the cinema. Uh-huh. So reading has been around for 2,000 plus years at this point. So it's only natural that we uh, uh, humble beings in the history of humanity mention reading a lot in this in this uh, talk on or this uh, episode on studying and learning. Mm-hmm. So any final thoughts? No, I would just, you know, encourage everyone to take a real, you know, a real, a real look at the, what they're, if they are studying in their life, if there's areas that they are interested, they are interested in studying and going out and figuring out a way to study and, and make that a part of your routine um, and incorporate it into your life. And I think you'll, you will be a better person for it, which is, you know, what we're trying to do here. Um, yeah, definitely. So that wraps it up for studying. We will be talking about leisure next time. So I think there will be a lot of repeated themes when we talk about leisure, but that's not necessarily a bad thing as repetition, repetition, repetition is good for learning things. So yeah, I think that's about it. Sounds good. Can't wait for next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smith and Scholar. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on all the major platforms, including YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything we are doing and thinking. Finally, feel free to give us feedback and ask questions across the different platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Smith and Scholar.